content warning. Part of the episode that we discuss involves a brief, we honestly can't tell what sort of joke it is, but it can be read as somewhat like homophobic or queerphobic. We discuss it a lot of trying to figure out what the interpretation of it is. That's not something that you are necessarily into. We get it and maybe skip this one. Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny, a podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. I'm Mandy. And welcome to the second in our two-part series on having a less functional microphone. Not less functional, less a less crisp, good, a less crisp microphone, a less high quality, lesser quality. Yeah, the new microphone is supposed to arrive tomorrow. Yes. Let's see but, if that happens. I mean, but if we, because we had considered just waiting and recording tomorrow, but then we'd have to do it tomorrow night, and yeah, then you basically only have less Tuesday. Time to edit. Yeah, it's yeah. We record these typically on like the Saturday or the Sunday, and it is a Sunday today. Um, but the, on the plus side, the next episode will sound great. Yeah, in comparison, we've like really like set the bar low. Yeah, we really we really wanted to kind of hear the apartment. We want to hear. Want you to hear. We have our air conditioning turned off. But you can, and arguably should hear, all of the other AC units from the other apartments next yeah. two hours. Uh, I do try to filter that stuff out. I do have a question about, like, the, cause so we use the room tone to, uh, like, mm-hmm. filter out the sounds of the air conditioning. Would it not work on our air conditioning? We The the desk is too close to the AC unit. I'm fine. I'm, I'm happy where I am. I've got a nice view of the world outside and... You always have the window closed. That's neither here nor there. Sometimes I open the window because I think DiGiorno will want to jump up on the desk and look out. And do you know what he doesn't do? That, that at any point. Because he doesn't like being tall. He doesn't like being tall. He doesn't like being on top of things. He has. He can look out the door. Yeah. Oh, I forgot But something. don't. You're a monster. You're so very unprofessional on this very professional podcast that we get so much money from. Let's take it from he likes looking out the door. Oh, is is he <laughs> likes looking out the door going to be part of our podcast? Yeah, absolutely. He likes looking out the door. It's important. I, I, you know what? Fuck it. All of this is staying in. I'm not. I'm not editing. There's no editing happening. Oh, please, please, some editing, please. No, no. you know what? You can edit this one. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, what are we talking? It's of? just going to be uh, the entire thing is going to be three seconds of me just saying sorry. It's just that sorry is the going to be the entire. It's going to be content warning. Sorry, and then our music plays. <laughs> music plays, and music End plays. Greggy gathering uh, audio. Seventeen yeah. minutes of silence. A clip from an episode of the Pac-Man animated series from the eighties. <laughs> there was a Pac-Man animated series in the eighties. Anyway, so what is this podcast? We watched the nanny. Yes. And we talk about the net. The cat is shitting right now. Yeah, the cat. It's we- all staying in. We're not editing this out. We do. We have to edit it no, out. No, it's staying in. The cat is shitting. He, he always shits, and we always edit out his shits not to embarrass him. Well, it's because we give him all of that cheese while we're watching the nanny. We, we probably shouldn't not- stop. We probably should stop doing it. Are you that. giving him cheese? Don't give him cheese. I haven't been giving him cheese. 
So what do we do on this podcast, Benjamin? Uh, we are a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. No. And we are 14 episodes into our grand adventure in which you play as a nanny for a household of British people living in New York. Roll to embarrass Niles. <laughs> no. <laughs> Try it again. What do we do on this podcast, Benjamin? We shame me for my life choices. Yes. We're watching The Nanny. We're watching Watch. the American sitcom The Nanny that aired on American television from 1993 to 1999 and was a favorite show of my sister's inexplicably. It was also a very formative show for you as a very young human-shaped person. Yes. And what episode did we watch this week? I believe this is episode 15 of season one, uh, which is called Deep Throat. Yes. Named after the character from Metal Gear Solid. And my phone is dead, so I can't double check on the HBO Max app. But every single time I'm, I say explicitly, oh, hey, it's the same order up until uh, the end of the season. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be ballsy and say yes. I'm gonna it's check the same. It. The minute I open up the HBO Max app, it's like, hey, you wanna watch Jossip Girl? Watch Jossip Girl. I did watch the Jossip Girl. What were your thoughts on jo- on the Jossip Girl? I mean, it's weird when there's no Gint Girl. It's interesting. I feel like it kind of runs on that thing of like so much of the original Gossip Girl is letting everyone be horrible. And they kind of, like, they're kind of afraid to let the main characters mm. be horrible. It's like, well, that's not, that was the whole point, is they're horrible. And I know that they've said, like, oh, we want this reboot to be more actively funny. It's like, no, the original was hilarious. And people kind of think now, it's like, oh, it's uh, we're just laughing at the show. And, like, the show knew that. Do you want to make this a Joseph Joel podcast instead, where we just talk about Joseph Joel? It fucking Joel? could be. I saved you by <laughs> asking for a nanny podcast instead of a Joseph Joel podcast. I feel like I know what show we're doing when we finish The Nanny, and I don't know how I feel about that. But yes, this is episode 15 on HBO Max. Season 1, episode 15. Uh, so it's another Daily Double. And, and I think you're right. I think it's Daily Doubles right up to the end of season one when some of the season two episodes are HBO Max considers those season one episodes. Yeah. For some and reason. what uh, what's the episode called? It's called Deep Throat. I already said that. Okay, you did. You weren't listening. You never no. listened to me. No. Nothing I say has any value to you. Huh? It's just it, my brain is hard to filter out the English. Cool. Let's talk about a show in which two of the principal <laughs> characters are English. <laughs> yeah. So the show opens, all, all the kids are sick and they got little bellies and they ring the bells and the Niles and Fran uh, are waiting on them hand and foot. Anyone here annoys you, sir? Sorry, Mr. Johnson? What sort of... <laughs> like a lot of um, ding ding bells. I remember this being like a sitcom bit all the time of like when yeah. you're sick you get a bell. You get a little bell. Yeah, and even I, British sitcoms did. I, I was always very sad because we didn't have a bell and so I couldn't ring a bell when I was sick. Also, my, both my parents had to work, so when I was sick, I was left home alone to fend for myself. When, and they would come home and hope that I didn't die. When we are finished recording, I will go onto Amazon and I will order a little bell for when one of us is sick. It will always be me, because I have a chronic illness. <laughs> but it's the principle of the thing. What is that noise all about? I say it's going to be the same thing as when I was sick, where even if you have the bell, nobody's going to hear it because I have to work. Yeah, but it's fine. DiGiorno will come. You'll come home. 
and I'll be dead with a bell in my hand. It'd be great. Uh, what did you? What was your uh, like uh, when you were sick as a child? What was your sick thing? So my sick thing was whenever I was homesick from school, I would typically be laid up on the couch. My mum wouldn't let me play video games because she said if you're well enough to play video games, you're well enough to go to school. So I'd be stuck on the couch eating tinned ravioli that my mum had put in a bowl and microwaved, and I would almost always be watching. The ones I remember being on TV during the day, Star Trek Voyager and Diagnosis Murder. Uh-huh. What about you? What was your sick thing when you were homesick from school? I mean, again, I was usually uh, like home alone for the day. Mm. So it would just kind of be like whatever easy. Doing for a job. Like, like, I, like a canned soup, having some tea and just like kind of sitting, um, watching. I know that's when I could watch like I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched because those would be like on mm. earlier. Very much the nanny of their time. (laughs) Yeah. There was one time when I was in high school and I had been like sick on and off for like a few weeks at that point. I would have like a few days where I would be okay and then I would like need to stay home. And it was getting to the point where I like my mom asked me in the morning, like, oh, do you are you you well enough to go to school or or do you need to stay home? And I was like, I'm, I can't go to school. She thought I was kind of like playing hooky or was that like the end of my being mm. sick? So she was like, oh, well, can you watch your sister so I don't have to pay an extra day for daycare? And I was like, sure, I feel like, just like, just having woken up, I was like, I feel okay enough to do that. Um, as soon as I stood up, found out I was not okay, because whenever I would stand up, um, I would lose my vision and start just like being on the verge of passing out. Uh, so my poor sister, who was like three or four at the time, wow. she got, I got, I was strong enough to get her a box of Cheez-Its and to put on the TV for her. And that was our day. Wow. And then when my mom got home, realized like, oh, I need to go to the doctor like immediately. Turns out I had pneumonia. Oh, that's fun <laughs> for you. Oh. And that was partly why uh, when I was laying, because when I was laying down, I felt fine. Yeah. But as soon as I stood up, it was like, oh, because I am not getting enough oxygen. Oops. Yeah, I managed to, like, never actually, like, fully pass out. But there were a lot of times, like, I was taking a shower once and my vision went. And I just had to, like, very slowly, like, bring myself Mm. down to the floor. If you pass out in a shower, it was like, Final Destination had a bit about this. (laughs) I'm gonna (laughs) fucking die. Yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. So the, all of the kids are sick at the same time. And yeah, Niles is making them soup. Brighton is, like, asking for ice cream. And, like, they're, like, needs Fran to get the remote for him when it's, like, an extra inch. It's right there, my dude. You're touching the remote as you're begging for this thing. Like, uh, also, I'm spoiled children. Meanwhile, uh, Cece is in Maxwell's office talking about how she's going to her sorority reunion and how Maxwell's supposed to come with her. And this is... This isn't the first time we've seen uh, Niles be this catty with Cece, but I feel like this is the first episode where it's like a consistent running thing throughout. Yeah. Like, it, he he is just laying into her. Like, him making fun of Cece, it's like, it's written through this episode like Brighton and a Stick of Rock. Anytime he gets the... Op- Previously, you get like one or two. I think a couple of episodes prior to this point, I think we touched on this before where you start to see the beginnings of it this is where it really becomes like a central part of how Niles interacts with Cece yeah nothing to add to that (laughs) sorry I I did and then it it lost it and I had to like like, yeah we definitely we've been building to this point and uh it definitely seems at this point the writers have kind of figured out like 
this is the dynamic that we need to go yeah. for is them having a back and forth. Yeah. We're Crucially, s- we're not we're not at the back and forth stage yet because Cece isn't like giving back. Yeah, the most that she'll do is highlight the fact that he is like, "Oh, you're you're just staff." She refers to him as like a servant at one point in this episode. Yeah, just the like, "Aha, you're poor," as opposed to like later on, they're like actively antagonistic to one another. Yeah, I don't know whether that you'd be you'd know better than I would, but I don't know if that transition happens later this season or if that comes in later seasons. But if there are four stages to the relationship of Niles and Cece, stage one is. They're not really interacting that much. Maybe Niles occasionally has a barb. Stage two, which is where we are now, is Niles is taking every opportunity he can to be catty to her, but she isn't giving back yet. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in-universe they can kind of make this as something of the very start of it where... Again, and this like kind of confirms it of like, hey, you, you were gonna go to my reunion. Now you're acting like you don't know anything about it. Of Cece kind of being like there and pushing her way in, and I was making snide comments, but there's like really no con like. The show sometimes acts like, oh yeah, Cece's crazy for thinking this. I don't think Cece's crazy for no. thinking this stuff. But is um, the que- my question is, did they did Cece and Maxwell have a previous arrangement to go to the reunion? Or is Cece gaslighting Maxwell right now? I, it's not the first time she's tried to manipulate other people. Yeah, uh, it's not the first time, but the fact that like I feel like it were that the case, the show absolutely would have yeah. gone for that. Whereas we have kind of been shown time and time again that Maxwell... Maxwell forgets his own fucking children. Yeah. I don't, like, it doesn't surprise me that this slipped his mind. Yeah. Niles just has, like, is observing this, occasionally makes a snide comment, but it's not his place, particularly of like, oh, if this actually does be a thing, I'm out of a job for, for insulting her. Whereas now, with Fran there... She's not at the stage of the other woman, but this yeah. is a definitely CC's kind of like jealous and it more yeah. sets what the lines are of he is able to be more outright. Yeah, that's intense. definitely more kind of uh, Watsonian kind of reading of their, the, the development of his cattiness, mm-hmm. um, which I, I, I do like that reading. Fran comes in and says, ooh, Gracie's sick, Gracie real bad. Gracie might need to go to see a doctor. Yeah, and uh, CeCe's being very, like, it, it took me a minute to realize, like, oh, this was made in the 90s, and this isn't a COVID reference of just spraying, just spraying someone all a, entirely with Lysol. With, with Lysol, like, it's a commercial about, like, a, a movie theater or an airport, like, c- making everything COVID safe. Mmm, <laughs> Lysol, my mother's fragrance. <laughs> Can't be too careful, germs everywhere. Nobody touch me. We'll try to restrain ourselves. And I know, like, it's supposed to be very funny, but, like, we've just had the past fucking year of this. <laughs> this a... year and a half has just been this. I've just remembered the, the thing that we talked about at the end of the previous scene. The joke that we think might be a, a, a joke about queerness. After sitting through endless stories about your multifarious relatives. Hey, only my Uncle Harvey is multifarious. <laughs> but when he sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow, you'd swear Judy was in the room. What does she think multifarious means yeah like i don't know what what like i know that generally the joke is like i don't know if it's like queer as in gay or queer as in trans or like what particularly because i also know this is at a time at a point where they're not really making a difference i I wonder if it's supposed to be an intersex thing maybe That's, that's where my brain has gone with it because the alternative is is that her uncle is a transgender man yeah 
And I, my brain went to intersex immediately. Well, not immediately because I had to kind of unpack the bit. Mm-hmm. But that's where I kind of landed when the wheels stopped spinning in my brain. Yeah, it's like it's one of those where you like I get this kind of joke where it's like someone says a word you don't mean, like, and they just assume that it's something else. I feel like we would have a better understanding of this joke if it were 1994. Mm-hmm. It is 2021 now. I don't know what the fuck the writers were thinking. Yeah. We would have to travel back in time to be in the writer's I room. I know it's moment. listed, so I'm gonna, um, there is a, uh, Twitter, I, I think it's actually kind of recent, but it's just cataloging every gay joke in the nanny. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And oh, this wow. is, we will include what the actual Twitter is in the show notes, because I cannot remember the actual name of it right now. I will post it on our Twitter, out on her fanny. This was one of them, and even kind of, like, reading, and it was like, I don't... I know this is supposed to be uh, like uh, like a queer joke or something about yeah. not being cis straight, but I do not understand. I yeah, this we're having to do too much work to disassemble the joke to figure out what they could possibly, and there are too many different variations of interpretation for the joke, which means by default, not only is it is it a joke that's punching down at queer people, it's also just a bad joke. Yeah. But let's get back to the scene we were discussing. Yeah, Fran has her... She coughs a little bit and... Much to the freak out of Cece, which again, has been uh, a past year and a half, especially like... Especially in the past couple months when things have opened up and it's been allergy season. Mm. So everybody's coughing and sneezing. And when you do that... Uh, people stare. He's like, not again, this not is, again, not again. This is a very COVID conscious episode of yeah. Nanny. Very, in many ways, very much ahead of its time. Um, but uh, Fran takes Gracie to the doctor's, uh, steals everything that isn't screwed down in the doctor's office. How can they make you wait so long? Give you a chance to stack up on your beauty supplies. <laughs> and then the doctor comes in. Um, and he's looking around for a tongue presser. Mm-hmm. And Fran was like, oh, I happen to unrelatedly just have some oh, in my bag. Oh, I brought these from home. Yeah. Um, Which he should not be using. They will be very unsanitary by be that like point. half a starburst attached to one yeah. of those bad ones. I've seen what's in your purse. It's going to be like a melted giant Reese's Pieces on the side yeah. of that thing. Yeah. Or sometimes, sometimes just a stick from a lollipop. Yeah. How can you tell the difference between that and that? But yeah, um, so Gracie's tonsils are fine. She's at the tail end of that flu that's going around. The doctor also looks in Fran's mouth because Fran was demonstrating how to stick your tongue out and cross your eyes like a sexy anime girl so that the doctor could do the tongue depressor thing. Yes. Look- when, what is that called, Benjamin? Can you try saying that? Nope. Can't pronounce it. I can see the word, but when I'm not going to speak it, it's like it's like one of those like street hustle games where someone's put their letters under the different cups and moved them around. I can't, I can't do it, and I won't do it. You can't do the. You can't say Ayigao face. I can't Ayigao. Ahigao. Ahigao. Okay, yeah, but that's that's basically what Fran does, right? It's not just me. Oh no, because she doesn't like cross her eyes. I I don't think she obviously she's not crossing her eyes, but I do think like the low camera angle kind of obscures one of her eyes just enough that you can kind of like this. Someone screen grab this and it's on some Tumblr post somewhere. Like yeah. that's that's clearly the case. And the doctor's like, yeah, your throat is fucked. Which, by the way, what a fucking if the Tumblr Fran Drescher Ahigao is not immediately made after this, <laughs> I'm taking it. Yeah, we you know, and you know we'll do it because we put Willy Wonka over Gracie, surrounded by tall models. We'll do it. We'll fucking do it. Yes. We we can't be stopped. Her tonsils bad. Doctor's gonna schedule a tonsilectomy. I believe is the term. Uh, much to uh, Fran's worry, which 
I think it's supposed to be right as like, oh, she's nervous about doctors. She's talking about like, I oh, I never get sick. There's no reason for me to be a doctor. I read that as because I am poor and be like, you get, you got insurance. You got yeah. insurance. Of like, I don't I don't got enough money to be talking to you right now. See, watching this in the UK, we would not have had this thought because we have a little something called the National Health Service, which yeah. is designed to be not shit and actually benefit the people. It's an interesting premise. America might want to try it sometime. I'm going to stop being smug about not having to pay vast amounts of money to die. We cut immediately to the the hospital. Like, we don't even get a... Guess what, Maxwell? I'm going to have to take some time off to have my tonsils. Just boom, in the hospital. Everyone's gone with her to the hospital. Yeah. Everyone except Cece at this point. They are dropping her off the night before surgery. And her surgery is late enough in the morning that they are able to come back before her surgery and yeah. see her again. Like, what fucking hospital is this? Like, I have to assume, like, Maxwell's is paying because he also says that these are, like, really good doctors. So you have to assume Maxwell's paying for it. Yeah, that he's just paying for it out of pocket. Yeah. And it's like a nice place that you can just like, oh, instead of having to go to your 7 a.m. appointment, you just stay the night. Yeah, why not? I will say this, the exterior shots of the hospital, as well as the exterior shots of the location where the uh, sorority reunion is, gorgeous. Gorgeous film shots. Oh yeah, because they're not like the grainy garbage that we get normally. Whenever we see an exterior shot of Maxwell's house, it's always this grainy, like, bullshit, looks like it was shot on home video kind of deal. This is pristine, crisp, like, even on DVD, because we're watching this on DVD, this film looks sublime. To the point where I wonder if Shout Factory sourced the original stock footage or whatever other source this particular location shot came from and inserted it in place of what of the the, the show version. I mean, I wouldn't even I would just kind of assume that the stuff that they have that was for this of like, oh, they had to source the exterior of the house and kind of like they might have had to do that like internally, whereas this is footage that they have paid for that might need to be used of like, this might have to be movie quality. I Yeah, my thinking is that almost all of this stuff is from some kind of stock library. Yeah. I don't think they're doing any kind of location stuff. And that it just so happens that the footage they chose for the exterior of the house looks like grainy VCR shit because when you're watching that on broadcast television, who's going to notice? Mm-hmm. And... The exterior of the ho- of the hospital, and he said hotel, but it's an American hospital, so who the fuck knows. The exterior of the hospital was shot on film because it was intended for use in things like m- motion pictures or sitcoms like Seinfeld that are shot on film. Um, but it's one of it's another hilarious example of kind of the disparity in quality that you will sometimes get with the location shots or the, lo- the location exterior shots on this uh, the show because they are very clearly repurposed from other yeah. productions. I did just fart. I'm keeping it in. No! <laughs> so, the, she's unpacking all of her stuff. She knows it's only a one-night stay, but she's brought 50,000 clothes. Hon- honestly, Fran, Fine, and the cat from Red Dwarf have so much in common. Yeah, it's basically the same character. <laughs> the, they may as well be the same character, except Fran doesn't sleep as much during the day. Yeah, and Fran's a bit more overall competent. Fanfic writers, if you want to write a fic where the cat from Red Dwarf meets Fran Fine from The Nanny, I let me know. Tweet me the link. I will read it. I need it in my life. <laughs> yeah, at least some fan art. Yeah. Commission some fan art of that. Oh, the fan art has to be the cat and Fran, like, swapping outfits. like Or like, just fighting over the same fighting, fucking jacket. Yeah. 
Because they're not sharing. Neither of them is sharing. If Danny, John, Jules, and friend Jesha are not friends in real life, I will be immeasurably disappointed. Let them be friends. Let them be friends. <laughs> like, the only thing that would that really separates the cat from Red Dwarf... Uh, is three million years in deep space? Yes. Uh, but also, <laughs> if the cat were the main character instead of Lister, mm. because then, like, because Lister starts off as a piece of shit, but they're like, oh, you have to be the main character, people have to like the main character, so he becomes, like, overly competent throughout yeah. it goes, even though it has no reason for him to be competent. Yeah. Um, it's like, he's competent and actually a good person, and it's bullshit, and I hate when they do that. If the cat were the main character, and they made him suddenly become competent and a good person, he would just be Fran Fine. That's probably right. And in Red Dwarf, you do see the cat like season one, season two, cat is very self-involved, and by the time you get to like season five, season six, where the show is much more of a kind of an action comedy, he's using his nose as radar when they're when they're piloting Starbug and stuff like that. So that transition does happen. It's just you you didn't care enough when we were watching. No, because I don't yeah. I don't like when they're trying to tell me like, hey, aren't they good at their job? Yeah. Like, no. So the nurse shows up, sexually harasses Niles, uh, and. Uh, Oh, they also do a whole, like, swapping. So, partly they explain the reason why Fran has brought so many clothes mm. is because she is trying to bag herself a hot doctor while she's here. Which, interestingly, doesn't come up a lot in this episode. No! It's so, like, she doesn't even really, like, when she's in the room with the doctor or at when she's taking Gracie to see the doctor, it doesn't come up that well, she, much. It does when she, she does talk to the doctor, uh, like, going through his things and asking him whether oh, yeah. he's married, he's divorced. Is there a Mrs. Link? We're divorced. Oh, so she's like the missing link. <laughs> Afterward, it is like she is drugged when the next time the doctor is in there, yeah. so. yeah. So I kind of get it from there, but yeah, that is something where it doesn't really, there's like just a short little visual gag. Yeah. And it also leads into uh, the people arguing over uh, who gets Fran's stuff when she dies from yeah. the surgery going wrong. Which, to my shame, that was a conversation that, that me and my sister had about our dad uh, a lot when we were kids. For no reason, we would just we we would just be sitting watching TV, and one of us would say, "Oh, I would say, hey, Dad, when you die, can I have your computer?" I like that you had a different <laughs> accent for this. You use like the very like American child having to play play a British child, just and they kids, have just fed them a line. That's just what British kids sound. Why like. do British kids have different accents than British adults? Because American kids have different accents from American adults as well. The thing I've noticed, British children tend to speak in a little bit more of a sing-song when they're speaking to their parents or to adults, because that's how that's how they've experienced communication from their kid from from adults their whole life. Like, mm-hmm. oh, aren't you a big boy then? Yeah, okay, I fucking am. What's what? What's it to you, Aunt Gladys? Like, yeah. It's like, so you're gonna get, Daddy? Can I have a Kit Kat, please? Like, that's how kids are gonna talk because that's. That's the kind of lilt that they've had from adults who are talking to them. Is that how you, how you would ask your dad for a Kit Kat? No, because my dad left when I was when I was eleven. So you were still talking like that when you were eleven? No, I was not not when I was eleven. No, but he'd moved out when I was like nine or ten. Well, now we're sad. <laughs> now we're sad, but he's dead, so it's fine. Uh, now we're sad. So the next scene is Fran in her hospital gown as the woman in the bed next to her is like asleep but has a tray oh, of food. I do, I do want to interrupt. Okay. I do want to give a moment to uh, Niles being heavily invested in if Fran dies, he gets the Reba McIntyre CDs. Hey, Niles, why do 
care about Reba McIntyre? And it's such a weird because like you'll never hear about Fran having a collection, a collection of Reba McIntyre CDs. Uh, the main thing they focus on is that she's a fan of Barbara Streisand yeah. because she's a Jewish woman and gotta represent. Yeah. But fucking Reba McIntyre? Why does, fuck does, Reba, why does Niles like Reba McIntyre? It, does that mean the sitcom Reba is technically a spin-off of The Nanny? I don't know. Spin-off is the way to go. <laughs> it's a shared universe. It's like the MCU, but for shitty sitcoms. But yeah, the next scene is in the it's still in the hospital room. Friends in her gown. There's an old woman lying in the bed next to her, asleep. She's not, she's not in her gown yet. She's just in pajamas. Oh, she's just in, in pajamas. random pajamas. Okay. Which is another thing. How fancy is this hospital? Where it's like, oh yeah, just be in your own pajamas. In, Whatever. In a hospital gowny to me. Well, it's like some yellow pajamas. Okay. Because then later, when they come back in the morning, yeah. then she's in a hospital okay. gown. But she's tr- she's talking the ear off of her elderly sleeping roommate and talking about how when her mum was in hospital for a hysterectomy, her mum's roommate was this very chatty Kathy. You just kept talking in one long, incredibly unbroken sentence, moving from topic to topic so that no one had a chance to interrupt. It was really quite hypnotic. <laughs> and also, so the uh, the person sleeping in the next bed um, had their food, tray of food left there. Fran is like, I have surgery tomorrow, so I can't have food, but I am going to taste yours. And tasting is just fucking eating, like taking slices of turkey out of the yeah, sandwich. Yeah, and be like, hey, Fran, you want to die in surgery? That's how we this die in how surgery. We die in the surgery. Spit that fucking turkey. Because she just wants to know if it's fresh turkey or pressed. And then she decides she wants to turn the TV up because there's some. Uh, there's some article about the Menendez brothers on TV. And the only thing I know about the Menendez brothers is there's that one episode of 30 Rock where. Uh, uh, Tracy Jordan is terrified that his sons are trying to kill him. If anything ever happens to me, you and your brother are going to go to jail. Have I not shown you the Menendez Brothers Lifetime movie? I know nothing about the Menendez Brothers. Oh, Courtney Love plays the mom, and because it's Courtney Love, and there's no reason for her to only be in a little bit, after they murder her, she's just a ghost haunting one of them. What? 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 Yeah. No. So you don't know anything about the Menendez. I know nothing like, about them except uh, for that one episode of Thirty Rock I just described. They, they were rich brothers who uh, murdered their parents, and then their reasoning was that they had experienced a lot of abuse, mm. which is was kind of up in the air of that's what the case was about. Of like, was the murder in self defense, or were they just like trying to get out? Which Fran makes a, like a snide comment and be like, "Oh, they're too stupid to get out." That's not great for abuse people, but also Menendez brothers were possibly lying about all of that so they could get out of jail. But anyway, the Lifetime movie is wild. Okay. There's no angle on the, on the Menendez story where you can comfortably make jokes about it without immediately making people uncomfortable. Although I do think 30 Rock handled it well. Because Fran's version of that is like, oh, hey, I believe you were abused, but maybe you're also, sh- maybe shame you're on you for not doing it right. Yeah. It's like, in fairness, it's it's one of those, like, cool excuses, like, cool excuse, stole murder type things. Yeah. But anyway, it's real fucked up case. If you're into true crime, you probably know more about it than I do. You're listening to a podcast. You probably like true crime. <laughs> Give me a second to open this soda. Ow. I'm keeping all this in, by the way. 
Fran decides she's very invested in the in the uh, special report on the Menendez brothers and reaches for a remote to turn the volume up. And despite the fact it doesn't look anything like a TV remote, she grabs the controls for her roommate's bed, which, again, big thick cable connecting it to the bed, and there's a very funny kind of I Love Lucy-esque sequence of her, like, pointing the remote at the TV and trying to get the volume and trying to turn the volume up, looking gently baffled at the whole thing, while behind her the bed is, like, folding itself in half like an ice cream sandwich. Yeah, like flopping all around, which is hilarious until everything starts beeping and this woman is fucking dying. Yeah, and then nurses come in, Fran climbs into her own bed and says, oh, I wasn't, I was, wasn't anywhere near it. I wasn't anywhere near her, I wasn't near the bed, wasn't, I was wasn't near here. a turkey. There's all the space between us, we're emotionally distant. Also, can you get me a remote? Yeah, <laughs> now's not the time. You may have just killed an old woman, Fran. Yeah. How many murders does Fran do over the course of six and the seasons? Only reason, this might be number one. The only reason why we know later that this old woman was not murdered is that later Brighton is messing with her IV bag and reversing the flow so that she's bleeding into her IV bag. Which might also kill her. Yeah. Why does this family want this, this old woman dead? I think this old woman dies and her family sues the hospital for, for malpractice and wins. I think that's what happens. Yeah. Hey, hey, Maxwell, you could have sprung for a private room. You could have sprung for a private room. Maybe maybe Showgirls didn't do that well. Maybe. Maybe Showgirls, the stage musical, didn't do that well. But we, we know Maxwell doesn't make his money through musicals. He just has his money. His money makes money is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is entirely passive income. Like, yeah. I, am, I am currently reading um, a book about a real-life Jimmy Marsden... Which, as I said to you uh, when I got it, and you had fuck- no fucking clue what I meant, uh, it is about someone who wrote wedding announcements, and in the uh, wonderful romantic comedy 27 Dresses, Jimmy Marsden plays a, a reporter for the weddings column. Cool. But part of that, the reason why I'm bringing it up is that she talks a lot about how, like, for the weddings column, they have to ask, it's like, Okay, what is your job? How do you make money? And someone always like, oh, I'm a freelance writer. I'm like, okay, but how do you make your money? And then they just have an awkward thing of like, well, I don't have to make any money because I just got money. Yeah, that book's so good. Uh, I, 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 I'm not reading it, but I'm watching you reading it intently. When you're not reading it, DiGiorno is trying to eat it, so it must be good. Yeah, <laughs> it's because I did put a slice of ham in it. Stop, stop using ham as bookmarks. It's a perfect bookmark, because then when I'm done, it's a little snack. Yeah, but then you've got greasy pages. Yeah, it'll lick up. Dijon's going to eat all of our fucking books. The doctor and the nurses come in, uh, give Fran the tequila, like, like inject her with the... With the shot, and then immediately have her sign all of the release papers. Oh, yeah. that she... Are you sure this is legal? Oh, we always get them this way. <laughs> <laughs> kind of lampshading of like, hey, this doesn't seem right. Maybe you're not in a ho- maybe they are in a hotel. Maybe they're not in a hospital. <laughs> but uh, Fran is immediately loopy, which is not my experience. But Fran is immediately loopy, and well, how do you how do you remember your experience? When I had my wisdom teeth out, it, I got the tequila, and I know it was the tequila because the doctor said, "Here comes the tequila." And when I was looking at it, going, "What the fuck are you doing to me?" And then the next minute, I'm holding a Jamba Juice in, in my roommate's car. So you could have been loopy. You could I could have, have been, been loopy. loopy. I don't remember. I have no way yeah. of knowing. You don't, you don't remember. I came to your... I stopped by after work, which was about like eight hours after your surgery. My, and you thought I'd been there the whole my time. My memory is you had been there the entire time. 
Do you remember watching Aladdin? I do remember watching Aladdin. I only remember the, the like the last twenty minutes of the film though. I don't remember asking for it to be put on. I don't remember why it was on. I just remember that we watched it. Fr- so Franz Loopy, Franz saying a bunch of dumb shit, and uh, she's telling. Uh, Niles, Niles asks about the Reba fucking McIntyre CDs. About your Reba McIntyre CDs. Nice. <laughs> full moment. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and Fran says that she wants to leave Maggie all of her clothes, and then she calls for Chester Meffield. Chester Meffield. Oh, I believe that's you, sir. Chester Meffield. <laughs> I want you to have me. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like it's very like flirtatious yes. and stuff. And Nothing Max- sexier than a woman who has been tranked up and has no idea what she's saying. Yeah. Uh, the doctor comes in, sees that she's drugged, and be like, "Okay, time for surgery. Everybody, say goodbye." And uh, as he's pulling her away, a uh, friend uh, tells Chester Meffield, "Chester Meffield, I love you." Uh, much to the shock of, of Chester Meffield. Of Chester Meffield. <laughs> yeah, Chester, Chester uh, stands there for a moment and he talks to Niles about how I'm. I had no idea the poor thing. She's in love with me, and I, you know, she's been pining away this whole time, and I only ever saw her as, as the nanny, except for those times when I wanted to fucking bang her. Oh, so we miss this bit. So again, in the morning, uh, they come and they see her again before she gets mm. the medication. Fran is freaked out about how the surgery is going to go. So Maxwell offers to stay. Yes. Uh, and doesn't go to the reunion. Yeah. Cece is also there and be like, no, you can't, you can't stay because you told me that you would come. Um, and he's like, oh, I'll just go later. And so Cece has to go to yeah. it alone. So and- there's a couple of scenes of Cece at this reunion telling her former sorority friends that she's not married and she doesn't have any kids. Yeah, and she gave a whole heads up uh, previously introducing them of their people with, like, multiple PhDs and 2.5 kids and, like, married and all successful. How do you end up with half a kid is my question. <laughs> so when she goes to the uh, reunion, she is, like, it's introduced to her, like, with two other people I've talked about, like, These are my beautiful twins playing with me at work. Thank God NASA has daycare. So does the UN. You know, my little bootress can say Jungle Jim in 12 languages. (laughs) And then, yeah, so she doesn't have any kids and everyone takes pity on her because it's the 90s and women are only built to get married and have kids. And that's it. And Cece is uh, reassuring everyone that like, oh, well, Maxwell's going to come. He's totally obsessed with me and adores me and he wouldn't leave me hanging on this. It's Bart Simpson in the Camp Krusty episode of The Simpsons. Krusty is coming. Christy's coming. Christy's coming. But no, Maxwell stays at the hospital, uh, and he's he's really kind of torn about what what Fran has just told him. Like, I I I want you to have me, and I love you, and and he's hemming and hawing over it. And then it's after the surgery, and they wheel Fran back in, and she's telling every fucking person and slash your inanimate object just how much she loves them. I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. She was the most popular girl in recovery. <laughs> Maxwell is, I think, a little bit relieved, but also a little embarrassed about how he's been reacting yeah, about it. Yeah, because this is something of, like, because he even points out, like, oh, she's been pining away this whole time, and I haven't even thought about her in that way. And, like, that's kind of, like, when the little nugget of, like, well, maybe it was like, oh, but she is such a great person. Just, like, that little, that little, like, plop. 
Yeah, it's, it's when someone tells you, oh, you know your friend likes you, right? And like you hadn't thought about it, but then the more you think about it, oh, maybe this, maybe, um, maybe I like yeah. them now that someone's put the idea in my head. Which is also, that's the start of so many of my awful relationships of just being like... I swear I it, thought you were going to say fanfic. Oh, no, no, God, no. <laughs> no, because uh, you've lived it. Yeah, lived it, and just like, and this is a bad thing on me, but someone who was not... It didn't get asked out by a lot of people, and just the idea that somebody liked me was like, well, I could like them too. Hell, I will like them too, regardless. See, and this is how I know that our love is genuine, because you were very clearly into me, and I, but, I mean, in hindsight, it's easy to say you were very clearly into yeah. me. I had no clue how to interpret your like what does, does this does this mean I would, you can ask any one of my friends and I like I would engage every single one of them in conversation about does this mean she likes me what does this mean anyway she's she's coming she's coming around and she's telling the IV drip just how much she loves her and Chester Meffield says Niles don't say a word so Niles walks out and then we hear we hear Niles laugh heartily in the in the corridor excuse me Uh, Maxwell shows up to Cece's uh, reunion way too late. Like, it's just... And Cece is way too drunk. She's way too drunk and... and she uh, spent this entire time, like, just going over, like, hanging around the punch bowl, talking about, like, oh, yeah, Maxwell will be here Krusty's any minute. coming, yep. And uh, she gets to introduce uh, the janitorial staff to Maxwell. And then... Which, the, the janitor is very excited. Oh, he's so jazzed. I want you to meet the light of my life, Maxwell Sheffield. How much time has ZC spent with this janitor telling him how gray Maxwell is? And how, how excited is he because, like, oh, you will take the white lady away. You will take this drunk white lady away. Yeah, get her out of here, please. I need her to not be here anymore. I know more about you than I know about my own grandfather. <laughs> so we cut to uh, Fran uh, in the in the front room of the house. And uh, Niles is also Ni- there. Yeah, Niles has caught the flu. So they're ringing bells. <laughs> I wish I knew where that was coming from. Fran has a little whiteboard and she wants ice cream. Brighton and Maggie and Grace are coming yeah, the, the, the tables have turned. <laughs> how the turn have tabled. How the <laughs> yes, how, how, how the turn, how the turns t- tablesy turn, <laughs> tablesy turn turn. Um, uh, Niles is requesting a pot of tea. Fran wants ice cream with sprinkles, with sprinkles which I don't think is great. For... Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to have sprinkles. Yes, yeah. um, and then unless they're like, I mean, like some of them, like the 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 ones that are like the hundreds and thousands of the coloring ones, those yeah. dissolve so quickly they can probably okay. Do you know what I want right now is ice cream with the chocolate syrup that turns into a hard shell the minute it sets. That's what I want. There's a plane, but we're keeping all this in anyway, so it's fine. You're a monster. Cece comes in and is enjoying the fact that Fran cannot speak because of her recent tonsil surgery. Is just reveling in it. Sits down, pours herself a big old glass of piss. End of episode. It all goes away for a few days and this flat becomes a shambles. There's nothing in the fridge, the veggies on the turn and that apple juice is horrible. Yeah, it was, it's a fun, it was Batman v Superman that did that? The piss? The sweet, the sweet tea? I haven't seen Batman v Superman. It's so many films have done piss. In the Garfield sperm bit. Garfield sperm. Well, it's not Garfield sperm, but John Arbuckle drank 
something that we can only uh, assume is sperm because the vet said that he's going to have puppies. Yeah, it's some kind of jizz situation, which might be the episode title now that I've said it. <laughs> um, and post credits, during the credit sequence, we get Fran pulling shit out of a bag that she's stolen from the hospital. There's a bedpan, there's a stethoscope, there's the IV drip, which is pulled out in a very kind of Mary Poppins, pulling the coat hanger out of a mm-hmm. bag. And the whole time she's hoarse. Yeah, so it's a a, a fun little bit yeah. of like uh, Niles offered to help her unpack, and so he is holding the bedpan, and she's explaining her reasonings for this, like, oh, the bedpan's good for soaking your feet. He asks about uh, the IV stand. He's like, oh, I thought I could make a lamp Turn out of a it. Nice lamp. And that's the end of the episode. That's the whole shebang. Uh, Mandy, what did you think of this episode? I think this is a, like a decent episode. I mean, it's not like groundbreaking in any yeah. way, but it is a it is a fun 30 minutes. I When we saw that we were doing this one, it was like, I remember this one, and I remember enjoying this one. Yeah, I agree. I think this it's a fun episode. It's also, I think, like the first, or one of the first like big like rom-com episodes like mm. where, where the romantic comedy aspects of I the mean we've had, we've had the like the, the rom-com episodes but they've almost entirely been focused on dates yeah of like Fran is dating someone yeah. and Maxwell doesn't understand why he's so protective whereas this is a purely rom-com kind of thing it's not necessitated yeah. on any sort of jealousy it is just whoopsies she admitted feelings what yeah which is which I, I like that that's a lot of fun there's a lot of good jokes in here a lot of the stuff Niall says to Cece is fun. I'm still waiting for her to give as good as she gets. I know that, that doesn't come for a while. But especially after the last two episodes we've had, this is this is a huge upswing yeah. in quality. It's very, there are a lot of, it's difficult for a podcast, obviously. Uh, a lot of the jokes are visual jokes. A lot jokes. of great visual I jokes. mean, there's an entire sequence in here that, again, is her playing, or her messing with a remote that is like fumbling woman around like it's such this a, is this yeah. is I love Lucy shit. Yeah, it's 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 classic American sitcom nonsense and it is so much fun. Like this is this is the nanny reveling in the type of show it wants to be. Yeah, it's I I think the having uh Fran be a little like when they drug her and she's a little loosey goosey, I think that is Fran Drescher playing into like the humor, like what she knows her humor is of being like very flirty and like kind of nasally yeah. and like a little obnoxious, but very cute. And it's just that in full force. Yeah. Like when I think about the nanny and I think about the ingredients that make a good episode of the nanny, I think about a really fun barbs. I think about great physical comedy. I think about the occasional joke about friend, friend Dresch's nasal voice um, and I think about kind of a 90s take on 50s, 60s American sitcoms. And this episode checks all of those boxes. Yeah. And does a really good job of checking those boxes. Yeah, too. it's like, it's very much an episode of like, you know what you're getting going in. Yeah. But you're going to enjoy it going forward. Yeah, there is a straight, I know we keep saying this on this podcast, but there is a straight line from the physical comedy that Lucille Ball was doing in I Love Lucy to what Fran Drescher is doing in this show. And this episode is, I think, another good example of that kind of visual gag. This mm-hmm. it's this is it this is a sharp when it wants to be, because we've had a couple of dips, but when it wants to be, this is a sharp, funny, engaging rom com sitcom. Uh, or rom sitcom if you like. Sit rom com. Sit sit rom sitcom com. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is that is a lot. I think it's a lot smarter. I've said and I've said this before as well, but it's a lot smarter than I think people give the show credit for. Yeah, I think that it takes a surprising amount of effort, and you have to be pretty smart to play a cliche well. Yeah. And this is this episode is a cliche, just tropes all the way through done very well of like these are this is why this is a trope this is why this is good because you enjoy it because when it's done well it's deeply enjoyed this is this is a sitcom that is so much of its era but also does such a good job of being a throwback to the types of sitcoms that people were watching Mm -hmm. in the the 50s and 60s like this is the sort of the the thing where when people were talking about when the nanny was put on hbo max and was like oh yeah i'm gonna rewatch it these are the sorts of episodes that you were thinking about rewatching. you're not thinking about you're not thinking about maggie the model you're not really thinking about the family plumbing you're thinking about episodes like this deep throat (laughs) <laughs> you are you are thinking about Deep Throat. Yes. Because it's a 90s sitcom and it's topical. But it's also kind of timeless. Like you could you could take this script and with a good cast film it today and it would still be funny. It would still be good. You could shoot this as a single camera thing. This was so much fun. This especially after the slog mm. of the last two episodes. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed this episode. I and again, I don't know if I enjoyed this episode in comparison to what we've had to endure for the last two episodes. And there are still a couple of problematic jokes in it, uh, including one joke that might be homophobic, if we can figure out what the fuck they were trying to say. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like, not necessarily like, in itself, the reading of it is homophobic, but it's the idea of like, we've talked about queerness, uh, that exists, ha 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 Looks like a swarm of angry fish. It's like one of those things where like the existence of it, of like you have said it with the idea of that being a punchline. Yeah. Isn't it like, even if it's not, there's not any malice in the joke. Yeah, the punchline like, is just it's, gay people it's exist. Weird, or it's weird that that's a exist. joke. Yeah. And it's something where that kind of like, oh, hey, this is the 90s, where that, that in itself could be a punchline, where that's yeah. not really... If you pull that today, it's like, what are you talking about? Which is why, like, Jerry Seinfeld goes, like, people, you can't do comedy anymore. And be like, no, your jokes just are bad. And don't make any, you can't just do, like, that's not a joke. It's tired. Gay people exist is not a joke. Gay people exist is an observation. And you can derive humor from that. But if the humor you're attempting to derive is, look at these people, they're different from us. Maybe find some new shit, Gerald. What are we watching next time? Next time, oh, so we have moved on to disc three three of the the Shout Factory box set. Uh, The next episode is Schlepped Away. The nasty New York winter has the family yearning for a warm tropical vacation. Instead, they get stranded in Sylvia's apartment. I remember this episode. Yeah, I had like I'd been kind of like waiting because I thought this one was closer to the Christmas episode because mm. uh, it's still like in winter times. Yeah. So I was like, did we somehow miss this episode? This is when you were deciding to just watch through the box set. I think this is the point where you said, "Let's do this as a podcast." Because this is when we were talking yeah, about it. This is when we started talking. So we're we're about to reach the point where you stopped watching the show. Yeah, I like, stopped binging it. watching at or Ode to Barbara Drone. Yeah. So end of season one because season two, disc four is season two. Yeah. So we're nearly we're nearly through with season one. 
But anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Out on Her Fanny. If you enjoy the show, uh, do please consider leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or on other platforms. Tweet about us. Uh, talk about us on social media. Itty bitty baby podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth, and we would certainly appreciate yours. Can you, since we're an itty bitty baby podcast, can you ask it like you are an itty bitty baby bridge person? Itty bitty baby podcasts. No, I can't do it. This, I feel all... you. You're just doing yeah. the what's the what's the milk guy? <laughs> the milk guy. <laughs> the milk guy. The milk guy. <laughs> the I'm here is like I'm here to drink some milk and kick some ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, here, here's what it is. Excuse me. Um, could we have a positive review of our podcast, please? That'll do it. That's as good as it gets. Um, you can find us on social media, Twitter. Uh, Instagram and Facebook we are at Out on Her Fanny we just got that custom URL on Facebook and I am making that goddamn Tumblr of what was it Fran Drescher Ahigal yes it's gonna happen it's horrible but it's gonna exist we are summoning it into life uh, Mandy where can people find you on socials uh, you can find me at Mandy Quesadilla I am primarily on Instagram and Twitter as well as Facebook at this point, I am mostly just posting like my poll stuff, so uh, you can watch me do the spins and wiggles. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Ben Padden on Twitter and Instagram. Also, please consider following Jump Leads Sci-Fi. That's J-U-M-P-L-E-A-D-S. So what is this? Sci-Fi. So in 2007, I started uh, with my friend Eugene in Russia um, a science fiction comedy webcomic called Jump Leads. And a year ago, we relaunched the website so you can read the entire comic again. And we are just having fun kind of reposting like rare artwork and uh, sketches and alternate covers that haven't really been seen widely. If you like British science fiction comedy, I would recommend checking out jumpleads.zone. Uh, do check it out. We're going to be doing more jump lead stuff and hopefully I'll have something to announce soon. But do please consider following that Instagram and that Twitter, Jump Leads Sci-Fi. I'll make sure that there's a link in the annotation. Or Jormplads. Don't follow Jormplads. That's Jormplads someone else. That's on someone Twitter. Else. Follow uh, Jormplads. Jorm... I don't know what else we usually say. Just, and our website just, is... I, well, I'm not, I'm not going to spell it. Uh, you can figure You can figure it out. You can make an educated ga- oh, guess. And if, you, and if you get it... Then that means oh, the Lord, Lord has smiled down on you on this day. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> um, you can find our website at oofcast.com, oohfcast.com. Um, I think that's pretty much it. That's all the bases covered. We'll be back next week. Oh, do you say you say where to find you? Yeah, Ben Patton. Okay, Ben yeah. Patton. And Jump Lead Sci-Fi. Follow both of those. And Rassilon, the game of Rassilon. Uh, Rassilon Pod on social media, the game of Rassilon.com. Doctor Who role-playing game, actual play podcast. Check it out. I'm very proud of the work that we've done there. And we're more than halfway through our third season. Um, but other than that, uh, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I've been Ben. I've been Mandy. And yes, we, we do, do know, know it, it means, means vagina. vagina. Or did I? None of this is being edited. Grand Geek Gathering